Welcome to the Money and Meaning Show. I'm your host, Kenae Corder, National Certified Counselor and the world's number one clinical hypnotherapist specializing in stress management for healthcare professionals who want to turn a life of stress into a life of meaning and help their patients do the same. Tune in each week. I'll show you how to respond to yourself first. So, are you ready to let go of your stress? Well, let's get into today's show. This episode is all about wellness as we continue our search for meaning over money conversation. Today, we'll talk with EO member Seth Kasten. His company, Hologenics LLC, investor of Salient, is dedicated to creating discovering, and marketing products that enhance people's lives, empowering them to take charge of their own health. Seth says he believes in the power of human energy. I definitely want to know more about that. His experience as a wellness entrepreneur is informed by a background in business administration, work in private equity, oversight in over 10 clinical trials involving Salient, and a lifetime of being an athlete. Today, we'll discuss what it's like to run a wellness or to be a wellness entrepreneur and search for meaning. We'll continue this conversation today as we learn some of the steps that Seth has taken to find meaning in his life and maybe where he's gone wrong. So guys, please join me in welcoming our guest today, Seth Kasten. Hey, Seth. Hi. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. You're welcome. Thank you for being here. I'm excited to talk about wellness because it's a subject that I find near and dear. I'm also excited to hear about your journey. And the first question I have for you, though, is what is your idea of prosperity? Sure. That's a great question. Thank you for starting there. I think for everyone, that can be a complex question that maybe changes over time. For me, what I ultimately am valuing and how I measure my own prosperity is really twofold. One, am I doing something that's productive with not only my time and my energy, but that's actually helping and lifting up the community and and being a value add to and service to other people. I feel driven to really develop and innovate new products that achieve that mission and and look to how to improve health and wellness. And that's a big part of what I define as prosperity. And the other part of it to me is the one thing that really can't be bought or sold, and that's time. And so for me, the ultimate goal is to be able to create more time in my life to do the things that I feel very passionate about. Not that I don't feel that way with my work, but obviously you want to have that balance. And for me, prosperity manifests when I can have that balance. Mm, Okay. So then talk to me about those things that bring meaning to your life right now outside of your work. Well, I have a five-year-old son, so I would start there. And he is the light of my life. And I really enjoy all the time I can spend with him. Obviously with the COVID situation, there's a lot of remote learning and and Zoom uh, classes. And so being able to see that firsthand is is an exciting experience that I wouldn't normally have insight into. It's been a really rewarding experience for me. Nice. So what I hear you saying is that 
the COVID-19 gave you the opportunity to, to share in an experience with your son that most parents, you know, we grow up, you know, now they maybe have adult children and they didn't get to see the classroom from that point of view, like in the classroom with the child. And that's something that you found meaning in. Absolutely. Exactly right. Yeah, I like that. And I didn't think of it that way. And I'm sure many parents aren't thinking of it that way because I get a lot of complaints right now on having to manage that that school experience. But I think that's a great way to reframe it. It's really fantastic to see his excitement uh, with his classmates and sharing and, and learning. And yes, I, I try and frame things in an optimistic perspective whenever I can. Mm-hmm. So then this kind of goes back to your idea of prosperity where you have more time and this is sort of creating that time. Is that true? Am I hearing that right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, that's pretty cool. And when you have that more time, it almost is like you control and I don't like to use that word, but you have a lot more influence over your life when you have more time, because I think the thing that brings us the most stress is feeling like we don't have enough time, don't have enough time, don't have enough time. It's so stressful trying to create more hours in the day and do all the things. I agree completely. And one of the things I was thinking about in advance of this time together was what really causes me the most stress. And it's exactly that feeling that you don't have enough time, but it's also that what you're working on is something towards the future. And when you don't have enough time in the present and you're overwhelmed by what you're trying to do in the future, that's when, you know, the walls start collapsing. And I find that the best thing for me to do then is to take a break, even no matter what I have in front of me, and do something that's in the moment and and that can make me feel back in control of my time and recenter me. Huh. Yeah. Do something that's in the moment. Do something that's in the moment. So what is something that would be in the moment? Well, it can be as simple as just standing up and going for a walk. Mm -hmm. It could be taking a few breaths. I mean, there's a lot of cliches about meditation or reading a book, but I I think it's, you know, it could be getting up and and getting a bite to eat or, or make something nice. I love to make fresh juices and just something that puts the attention back on what's happening now and not focused on something that's maybe or maybe not going to happen later. Yes, I, I like that. I like fresh juice too, but the cleanup is talking about being present. You got to be really present for cleaning up after making fresh juice. Seems like there's so much of a mess. At least I make a mess. <laughs> you got to do it then too, because if you let it dry out, then it's twice as hard. So. Oh. Yeah, that'll bring you present. <laughs> the other thing that I think, one of the things that I teach, because I, I, you may know I'm a therapist, and one of the things that I teach is like when you're driving, you know how you get somewhere and you don't even know what you passed on the way because you, you open would... all the lights were green. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So sometimes when you're driving, that's when you can be the least present, even though it's when you need to be the most present and really just paying attention. My grandfather used to do this thing with us and he wasn't doing it therapeutically and he probably was doing it more for safety, but he was like, we would have to know the license plate of the car in front of us. And so 
he would just like change lanes and then go, what was the license plate of the car that was just in front of us? And we're like, oh, shoot, seven, three, nine. You know, we had to like try to remember. And so that was something to keep us present in the moment rather than are we there yet? Are we there yet? Sure. Um, but also it taught us kids to be aware of our surroundings. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. You want to be present and aware. It's amazing how many things you can miss or not see just because your mind is focused somewhere else. Yep. This is so true. So I wonder, this is shifting the subject a little bit, but I think it might go in line with being present. What did you mean when you said you believe in the power of human energy? Great. Well, thank you for asking that as well. For me, when I first heard about this technology, Selient, it really resonated with me. And I came to understand that our body is really a machine and that we have these energy factories in our body that create energy. You know, there's an organ for your heart, for blood and your lungs for air and so on, but there's no energy organ. Energy is made in every single cell individually. And what I learned in studying this further is that humans are giving off about 100 watts of energy at any given moment. So we could all power a light bulb uh, 24-7, even (laughs) while we're asleep. And if you use the new low energy light bulbs, we could power about five of those. So that's really something to think about and marvel that that our bodies are producing that much energy. And, And really, as we get further along into the 21st century, I think we'll see more and more innovative ways of capturing that energy and using it. Selient uses a thermoreactive mineral matrix that's embedded into textiles. And when you either wear clothing with it or you sleep in your bed that have sheets with it or you drive in your car and it's in your car seat, wherever you come in contact with this material, it's going to absorb that heat that's being emitted from your body. And that's going to power the minerals and they will convert that heat into infrared and that infrared will go back into the body. Mm. And if you've heard of infrared saunas or infrared lamps, mm-hmm. infrared is a vasodilator and has a number of therapeutic benefits that have been really convincingly established in literally hundreds of peer-reviewed published papers. And as you mentioned in your intro, we've done 10 just specifically on our technology, our, our formula to validate this. And so What we're looking for are ways to further um, really make this connection and and bring this technology to to the masses, if you will. And being able to harness this energy, I think it really creates a a health and wellness benefit for the person. So that's where my passion for work is. and, And that's what I've committed the last 20 years or so to building this company. Who would need this? Do you need this because you are ill or this is this maintenance? Like why, when would I need this infrared? Because, and how easy is it for me to implement it in my life? So really everyone can benefit from optimizing their body. Increasing circulation and blood flow is is fundamental to to our health, having good circulation and blood flow. If you, if you look at, challenge people like diabetics or people with arthritis or any kind of circulatory issues, 
basically the, the question I ask is, if we're able to improve circulation and blood flow to this area, will the patient improve, stay the same, or get worse? And almost in every case, you'll see that if you can increase circulation and blood flow to an area, it'll help whatever is going on. And so for us, there's a clear path there to being able to help a large group of people. And then where we are today in terms of what we've validated and really proven, I think, is for healthy people specifically, um, we're always looking for an edge. We, you know, we want to be able to wake up and feel our best and, Mm -hmm. you know, have the energy for, for the day ahead of us and being able to sort of assist our body in this process is going to provide a benefit. Yeah, that's so true. And any illness usually has inflammation associated with it. And inflammation is going to slow down that circulation. And that sounds like to me that if you can get the circulation back, then you can sort of reverse some of that illness in the body because the body needs that circulation and the the blood flow, the airflow, all of that is what helps us stay, stay well. And so if those things are restricted, then we can't stay well. And so this is kind of aiding in that, making it less, it sounds like it makes it less work for the body. That's exactly right. You know, thermoregulation is where the majority of our energy goes. So the brain is constantly evaluating the outside ambient temperature and our core body temperature. And when you look at extremes, if you're not properly insulated and you're exposed to the elements, your feet and hands, you're going to suffer frostbite. And the brain's Mm -hmm. making an evaluation that it doesn't have enough resources to send blood throughout the whole body. So it's going to protect the core and the brain. And then as additional energy or or, or the ambient temperature warms up is available, the brain will then say, okay, there's now enough energy for me to circulate to the extremities and your feet and hands will start to warm up. So by having salient involved, it's basically an additional energy source for the body and it allows the brain to reroute resources as needed. Oh, and this is so good because when you're stressed, your body is doing just that. You know, Even if you're not out in the frigid cold, your body is still saying, you're stressed, which probably means a saber-toothed tiger, a mountain lion, or a bear. Something is chasing us. And so we don't even need all of this circulation. We just need to keep it in the core and the brain. And so all of that cortisol that you're producing is keeping your circulation down. But if you have this technology, then you can hopefully you know, increase that circulation even when you're stressed, it sounds like. It's certainly going to try and counterbalance any negative effects that the body is going under, whether it's physical stress or emotional stress. Mm, Yeah, I like that. It kind of brings me, okay, so I'm drinking my fresh juice. I have my infrared, my salient with me, and I'm working towards this wellness idea, but life is still stressful. How do I know, like, what has changed? How am I different? Well, you're doing something to take care of yourself. You're practicing some self-care, which will help you start to feel better. It's, it's the small steps you know, that, that really start to accumulate and make a larger effect. Right. So talk to us about sacrifice, because we already talked about how hard it is to clean up after juicing. And that's a sacrifice. <laughs> Let's just be honest. <laughs> 
so it sounds like there's a little bit of a trade-off here, but that you get so much back. Do you feel like that? Absolutely. I mean, you have to really believe in something, I think, to, to make those genuine sacrifices. And there's mm-hmm. always choices with different consequences. And for me, it's really been a pleasure to devote myself to something that I believe in and really see it through. And it's a sacrifice I would make again and again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I I was just telling somebody yesterday, so I, I have a bunch of minerals and vitamins that I take and they basically just come on auto ship and they come to me. But there are a few that I've been taking so long that I don't even know what they really do. It's not like I take them and then I feel like an instant surge of energy or something like that. It's just that I know they are working. And if I stop, they're not going to work for me. So at this point, it is a bit of a sacrifice for me to keep that on auto ship, to keep that coming, to continue every morning and afternoon, because that's the, the intervals I take my vitamins and minerals, to do that because technically I don't have any feedback anymore. I'm not, because it was, it's feedback when you're ill and then you take things and then you feel better. But when you're healthy and you continue to take things, it's sort of a a mental sacrifice to keep doing it because at this point you're not getting any reward, any feedback. So talk to me about sacrificing and like where you had to sacrifice, like building a innovative business. This is innovative and people don't know about this. Like this conversation you and I are having I'm sure you have with people who look at you like you have two heads or they are like, they do that dog thing, like er, kind of thing. (laughs) (laughs) What sacrifices do you make while building the business that is so innovative? Well, I think for me, the sacrifices really would be time away from family, really heavy travel schedule. And I've been some years on the road, more than six months traveling so that has a toll. I think also just lack of sleep, not not taking care of my body properly, uh, sort of burning the candle on both ends. You know, and that, that comes at a price with health. You know, you, you gave this really great analogy about vitamins, and I actually use this a lot when I talk with people that are sort of skeptical, don't really understand. But, you know, health is one of those things that we end up taking for granted when we're healthy. And then when we're sick, we make all kinds of promises, you know, to ourselves and God, if we could just get better, well, you know, whatever it is we need to cut out, we'll do. And then once we feel better again, we just kind of forget about all of that. And so, you know, taking vitamins, the benefit is that you're healthy and, and it's helping to to keep you in, in the best possible condition. Of course, you're still going to occasionally get overtaxed and you might become ill, but you're, you're going to be in better shape than if you weren't taking them. And for me, I really believe that there's been some sacrifices, you know, of my health willingly, but, you know, in, in further of trying to build this company. And then there's been a huge monetary, you know, financial sacrifice of trying to get this company up and running. And, and that I think is significant as well. Yeah. So when you, when you think about this sacrifice, you know, sacrificing time away from family, traveling too much, sometimes lack of sleep, where have you maybe overdone it and gotten away from your own self-care? Has that happened? Absolutely. And I know this is our first time speaking, but I think you know, your your listeners and audience always prefer authenticity. So, you know, I'm I'm willing and free to share all the 
the bad ways I've dealt with stress. You know, it starts off with you can't sleep at night because you've been up for so long and, you know, you start taking melatonin and that doesn't work and you end up on Ambien. And, you know, I remember after 9-11, I I didn't want to get on a plane. So when Mm. I had to fly overseas and I was taking a Xanax or these things start to take a toll on you and it's very easy to go down a slope of not taking uh, proper care by doing something in the short term that makes you feel better, but has a long-term sacrifice and toll on your body. Yes, that is so true. And sleep is one of those things that triggers everything else. And it's so many things that can affect our sleep and then sleep triggers everything else. So if you miss sleep, you do your body such a disservice and then you want to eat improperly. It's like, then after that, once you start eating improperly, then the physical activity, you're like, Ugh, I don't feel like it. And so it just has this like a, like a chain reaction. The sleep goes first and then the nutrition and then the physical activity and then you're cranky and, and then your relationships start to suffer. So it's all sleep, connected. Yes, it is. Sleep is so important. This podcast is brought to you by Presidential Lifestyle, a wellness company focused on wealth in all of its forms, providing the world's best life transformational programs to healthcare professionals, elevating everything from your mind, body, spirit, productivity, and even your business. Every area of your life transformed and optimized for just a few dollars a day. You'll have access to live hypnotherapy, on-demand virtual guides, and continuing education courses, as well as group discussion forums, all available from your mobile phone or your desktop. Get early access to this life transformational program by visiting presidentiallifestyle.com slash early. Let me ask you a question. Are you a healthcare or wellness professional burned out from the demands of what it takes to truly serve your patients and clients, then presidential experience is for you. You need someone to pour into you the way you pour into others. It's time for you to make the shift from putting others first to responding to yourself first. I'll show you exactly how to do it. Right now, we're looking for 25 purpose-driven healthcare professionals to participate in our early access program. I've developed this program over the past 10 years, and I've learned that it can help break through the blocks keeping healthcare professionals from enjoying their life's work. We are limiting access to 25 people because keeping the group small will help maximize the impact. I'm offering to share my techniques with you at a deeply discounted rate in exchange for your feedback and shares. If you join us on this transformational journey, we will work together weekly as I deliver live group hypnotherapy sessions so you can experience it for yourself. I'll share with you the techniques and answer your question as you prepare to use what you've learned in your own life and practice. Outside of your weekly sessions with me, You can interact with other members to share ideas and success stories. So here's what you're going to do. Go to presidentiallifestyle.com slash early. If you're even remotely interested in this, don't wait because it won't last long. Go ahead, click the link in the show notes or go to presidentiallifestyle.com 
slash early because there's more to tell you. So I look forward to working with you and I'll see you soon. So it sounds like when you have a certain level of stress, your body's reaction to it is to stay awake and take care of it. Like we can't go to sleep. There's still stuff to to handle. We still lives to save or whatever the thing is that you're thinking about. Is that, am I hearing you right? Yes. I think that I get carried away in terms of trying to do more than I can really do in a day. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, the, the thing about the lack of sleep for me personally, then I wake up and I'm not hungry and then I don't eat breakfast. And then maybe I work through lunch and then now you're eating one meal a day. And, mm-hmm. you know, it just, it, like you said, it compounds and then things, you know, the person cutting me off on the way to work that I normally wouldn't honk at, you know, this time I'm, you know, screaming and yelling and cursing. Mm-hmm. So it, it just, it has this wide ranging effect. I couldn't agree more. Right. And I, and it almost sounds like, because your idea of prosperity, and let me tell you, a lot of times our driver, like our idea of prosperity is what can sometimes drive us down, like can really pull us down. Your idea of prosperity is around time and getting that time back and having more time, which your brain is giving you by staying awake. And you exactly. got what you wanted. <laughs> but, <laughs> but now I'm not using it the right way. Exactly. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's funny. That's really one of the things for me that I notice when I start to go out of balance. If I don't have two or three hours uh, during the day where I'm awake to to do things for myself, then I start to really crumble and I might stay up longer than I should just to have that time. And it becomes a real challenge. But I, I think it's so important to at least have some time each day. I'm not very good at saying, well, if I just get through the next two weeks, I'll have a day. You know, I, I need a little bit of time each day. Yeah. And that's a great point. We talk about that in our program. You know, we call it sacred time, you know, the the miracle morning and, you know, they're all kind of names for it. But it is that that time that's just you, just just time for you that we feel almost like we society has taught us that it's bad if we if we desire that time for ourselves, like we're an evil person for wanting a two or three hours to ourselves. Guilty of self-indulgent, right? It's, yes. Yeah, but it's just it, it's, not true. No, we can't function without that time. It's a really fine balance to listen to your programming because some of your programming is how you survive. It's how it's got you this far, right? It's like, it's, it's pushed you. It's, it's part of how you build million dollar businesses. But then at the same time, that same programming can drive you into the ground, like thinking that I can't take time for myself. And if I do, then society says I'm this bad person. So it's like finding that I use the word harmony rather than balance, but finding that harmony between saying my program that drives me is a great program, but I can't let this program pull me down. Otherwise I won't be able to serve like I want to serve. And that's where you have to analyze for yourself. Is the mind serving me or am I serving my mind? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like that question. That's a great question to ask because if you serve your mind, like if you really give your mind what it needs, then it can serve you. <laughs> 
It's like you got to feed it the right stuff. Otherwise, it is going to get in the way of what's really important to you. So how do you keep top of mind what's important to you? I think I try and filter as best I can whatever major decisions are in front of me and make sure that that they're being done for the right reasons. And by right, I mean that they have a purpose and that they're of the right priority. And I think what what I notice when it when it's flipped is that my mind is just telling me in a sort of hamster wheel all the things that are not working and then all of the doubts start to creep in. And that's when I kind of realize and recognize I'm not really in charge of the narrative that's going on in my head and I need to reset and focus on the things that I'm confident and the reasons why I'm doing what I'm doing and let naysayers be uh, outside of me and and not devote any energy Mm -hmm. to that. Yeah. So what are some of the reasons why you're doing what you're doing? I think for me, it's the human connection. It's seeing the responses, the impact we've had on lives and, and the letters we get and the testimonials. I think that gives me a really uh, deep sense of satisfaction and, and feeling that what I'm doing matters and that we're improving people's daily experience and, and their health and wellness. Mm, yeah, I find that in doing this work, you know, really chronicling this search for meaning over money, there are some people who don't have any meaning in their lives. They just haven't figured out how. They just exist. They go to work, they come home, they watch Netflix or TV or whatever. But those people who have found meaning in their life or are searching for that meaning in life, it's almost like they have a reason to wake up in the morning and even that reason to go to sleep at night, like instead of being up at night, once you find meaning, it's like, I can rest at night. Do you, are you finding that happening? I do. I think that's when I know things are on track and my life's in the flow. Mm. Yes. I love the flow. That's a great place to be. <laughs> yeah. Yes. There's a certain synchronicity when things are working. So one of the things that I also hear people say, because you talked about the synchronicity and just, just made me think, you can't always see that yourself. When I'm doing this work with CEOs, I notice that other people notice before they notice. So people will say, oh, wow, you would have snapped at me for saying that before. Like their wife might say, oh, you reacted differently to that. They don't necessarily notice the shift in their behavior because it takes you a second to 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 see yourself that way. And then you start to notice, oh, I am different. Oh, I, I am reacting differently. So who do you have around you? Who do you keep around you to help you see those things in yourself? Either way, like even see that you're snapping, like, oh, you're getting a little snappy there. But then also to see when you're improving. Well, I think the best mirror I've found is my son. Mm-hmm. And- he, he teaches me to the extent I'm ready and able anything that I want to know about myself. And that's a great litmus test for me. That's something that I think is, it's a slippery slope because you need to be true to yourself. And obviously we all make mistakes and, and we all can, I think, agree that 
there's certain things we could do better if we had the opportunity or, or do differently. But also at the same time, what somebody else thinks about me is none of my business. And I think mm-hmm. that's a really important thing. I'm not going to be able to please everyone. There's that two-headed monster that people see me as when I tell them about this technology. I, you know, that's, that's a conversation and a reaction I've had many, many times. And, you know, if I let that deter me, I wouldn't be here. So mm-hmm. I think there's this model called the Jahari window. Mm-hmm. And it basically divides our mind, our awareness into four quadrants. There's what we know about ourselves and what other people know about us. And then there's what we know about ourselves that we don't share, that's, that, that is only known by us. And then there's what other people know about us that we don't know about ourselves, which mm-hmm. is what you're touching on. Mm-hmm. You know, when, when people see things in us that we're not ready or able to see. And then the fourth window is the unknown, what we don't know about ourselves and what other people can't see. Mm-hmm. And so my effort is always trying to increase my own awareness and my own understanding of myself, because ultimately that's going to give me the best results in whatever I'm applying myself to. Right. And knowing that there are part like that awareness, right? There are parts of yourself that people can see that you can't see. So it allows you to give some credence to their quote unquote opinion, but also knowing that you, if you do the work to know enough about yourself, that part becomes smaller. So it'll be less that other people can see about you that you don't already know about yourself if you're continuing to do your work. Absolutely. And that's, I think, the goal. And then the other part is, you know, I don't want to muddle the two things. If somebody is able to help me, and even if it's an uncomfortable fact or something Mm -hmm. that might be difficult for me to understand about myself, I I, want to learn that. It might be a little more challenging for me, or I might not be able to to look at it right away. Um, Mm -hmm. But that's very, very valuable feedback. And those are the people that love you ultimately, that care enough to to say something or or to comment or to try and help. And, And that's very different than and when I say that what somebody else thinks of me is, is none of my business, that's mm-hmm. more in relation to, you know, somebody telling me I should be doing something different with my life or, you know, I don't know what I'm doing or, or sort of the negative voices. But I right. consider the other type of feedback to be very positive and helpful. Yes, absolutely. And the great part about it is the more you grow even though that window becomes smaller and there's less that people know about you that you're not seeing, you have less blind spots, the more open you become to any blind spots. That's what's so beautiful about that growth. That's very well said. I think you start to develop a certain confidence that it's okay to not know everything about yourself. There's no way you could, and there's no shame in that. And really, that process of understanding yourself is is really a divine process. Yeah, exactly. And sometimes, you know, you can see it from your son. Sometimes it's about who brings it to you. Cause like you said earlier, these are the people who care about you. And if it comes, if it's coming from love, um, also it, it can also be the way that people bring it to you because not everybody is eloquent enough to, to, to point out your blind spots in a way that makes you willing to receive it. Especially if you've triggered them right before. 
Right. Yeah. You know, the other thing that's really funny on this topic, in my experience, you know, you have these these moments usually with, with in relationships where mm-hmm. the other person's telling you all the things that that you do wrong in the relationship and you're thinking in your head, well, that's everything you do. <laughs> and and what I've you know, we've all had those experiences. And what I've realized is that, you know, we mirror out our own characteristics and that's what we attract. And yeah. so I try and recognize when when somebody's telling me these issues, you know, what are the aspects or if I'm seeing that in somebody else, you know, what are the aspects in myself that that mirror that? And then as I address those things, then new types of people come into my life. Yep. That is so true. And it is beautiful when it happens because then you can start to see like, ah, look at me. (laughs) I'm growing because the the people who come around you are, are growing. And sometimes we expect the people who we already love, who we want them to grow at our same rate and at the same time, but that never happens, at least rarely, let's say that. So it's good that you start to attract other people into your life because some other people might fall off. They might fall out of your life, at least for a little while, while they grow. And so being able to attract coming back to that, like, who do you have in your life that can help you? It's like you, you bring them into your life so you can continue to grow. Because if you stayed with those older, other people, you might not grow enough. So it's good to have those new people attracted into your life. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's the, the growth happens in the difficult periods. That's, that's where the work is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, 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 and as you talk about difficult periods, I feel like, you know, kind of what we're going through now and just being an entrepreneur overall, it feels like a lot of difficult periods. Um, when I'm talking to entrepreneurs, what gets you through those difficult periods? Well, if I knew the secret, <laughs> you know, it's just, I think a lot of grit and resilience and trying to, to have the long view that that things evolve, that, that that things change and to not be beholden to concepts or ideas about how things should be. I think the more that you surrender and the more that I surrender to these types of situations, the more comfortable that we can be that we're not in control. Uh, I, I think mm-hmm. to a large extent, you know, that's like you said earlier, a very scary feeling and innately we want to be in control of everything and and that's you know that's the duality that we try and reconcile but i i don't have a a secret you know magical way to to get through this i don't think anybody does it's just taking it one day at a time you know one hour one minute it's making a list of what we're grateful for and focusing on that not what what's wrong Mm -hmm. yeah and I and I really like the idea that you said before about being present. You know, I think that helps too, because sometimes when we do have a challenge, we might be comparing it to the last challenge. Oh gosh, the last time this happened, you know, the whole house blew up, you know, whatever. And so you're comparing it to the past or you are looking at it in the future, like, well, where is this going to go? And I don't know how to handle this. And There's all of this future and past that is really upsetting you more than the moment, the thing in the moment. And if you allowed yourself to just be in the moment rather than saying, oh, where is this going to go? And is this going to be like last time? It's like, if you can be in the moment, you can probably access 
what you need in order to at least make it through, like you said, the day by day. Yes, I agree wholeheartedly. I think there's nothing you can do about tomorrow and today. And, you know, there's nothing you can change about what happened yesterday. So really bringing back to the the breath, I think is, is the key. Yes. So I have one more question for you. Before I ask you that question, if people want to get more information on, you know, this research shift you've done, if they just want to connect with you, what is the best way for people to connect with you? Well, if you go to our website, uh, salient.com, C-E-L-L-I-A-N-T.com, you can learn more about the technology and send us a message uh, with any questions. And, you know, we'd love to hear from you and uh, we'll definitely respond to to everyone that, that we hear from. And as far as uh, trying the product itself, there's many brands out there that are using our technology. I think probably the highest profile one on apparel would be Under Armour. And they have a a line called Rush that has selling it technology. And then on the the betting side, places like Amazon and, and Costco and Macy's carry selling it betting products. Mm, Okay. Awesome. Thanks for sharing that. I'm glad I asked you that. And we always wrap up with a final question. And that is, what is the best advice you've ever received or the advice you wish somebody would have told you? I really love that question. I Advice is, is to me is, is really a trap. <laughs> I think what I, I, I grew up getting you know advice from from everybody and, and particularly our parents right always telling us what we should be doing and how we should be doing it and what i've evolved to uh, particularly through my work with eo which i'm just feel so blessed to be a part of is this notion of gestalt which is experience sharing so you know me telling somebody else what they should be doing is very presumptuous and it's coming from what i think is best but I can't tell somebody what's best for them. So for me, the best advice that I wish I would have received or that I would share with somebody else Mm -hmm. is, you know, ask whatever questions you can surround yourself with people that that care about your, your health and your well-being and your success and that want to understand you better. And when you, when you come looking for advice or, or seeking solution to a problem, their response isn't to tell you what to do, but to, to ask you questions to help you understand what you want to do so that regardless of the outcome, you feel good about it. Because one of the, the things with advice is, you know, if you don't listen to the person and then you should have, you know, quote unquote, then it's the I told you what to do and you didn't listen. And, and you know, and then if you do what they tell you and it doesn't work out, then what you're going to blame them because they told you. So really, you want to empower your, yourself to make your own decisions and, you know, recognize that there's a lot smarter people than than you know me or, or, or whoever it is. And 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 find those people that are, are going to help you through experience shares and understand how to prioritize the questions that you have so that you come up with the right course of action. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really great. I like that advice. 
Yeah. You won't have any regrets doing that because you, you do the best that you can with the information you have at the time. Yeah. And, and, and you shouldn't ever doubt that, you know, maybe, maybe it, it worked out different than you thought, but the progress is made out of, you know, the failures, the, you know, Thomas Edison didn't fail at making a light bulb 10,000 times. He just found 10,000 ways not to make a light bulb. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, he got it right. So it, it's, it's really about, I think, finding a, a way to, to learn the most about yourself so that you can make a decision that regardless of the outcome, was based on, on the best information you had at the time. Yeah. And actually, I'm glad you used that analogy because going back to what you said before, what Thomas Edison didn't use, Tesla did. So even though Thomas Edison got his what he needed out of it and he went his direction, some of those same trials and let's just say like advice that he didn't use, Tesla used to create his product. So what not might not be right for you might be right for somebody else. Advice is only right for the person it's right for. And that experience that you get yourself, you can decide what's right for you because it's not that the the information that the person is giving you is quote unquote bad. It's just not for you. Exactly. Mm -hmm. That's great. So this has been pretty cool. I've loved our conversation. Thank you so much for spending time with me. I appreciate you. Thank you. I appreciate the opportunity and it was wonderful to be here. Awesome. So guys, thank you for staying all the way to the end. I will put everything you need in the show notes. I just want to welcome you to next week's episode right now because I know you'll be back. And I want to let you know that you do not have to do this alone, that it does not have to be lonely at the top. What Seth told us today was that you can surround yourself with great people that can give you great advice or can't know that your experience is your own and that all you have to do is look inside yourself. And while you're doing that, make some fresh juice and clean up afterwards. Because if you don't, I think that was great advice. If you don't, you're going to regret it. So I'll see you guys (laughs) next week. Thanks for listening all the way to the end, my prosperity pro. I want to stay connected with you. Here are four ways. Pick the one that works best for you if you want to stay connected with me. One, if you have any questions, I'd love to answer them. Send them to podcast at presidentiallifestyle.com. I'd love it if you would make a one or two minute audio message and attach it to an email. That'd be the easiest way for me to get it. Ask me anything about creating a life of meaning over money and I'll get you an answer. Remember, the email address is podcast at presidentiallifestyle.com. Two, subscribe to this podcast and share it with your friends because you guys might want to have a discussion about it, especially if they're a CEO who wants to shift from the old American dream to a life of meaning. Three, we try not to have any sponsors on this show unless they are truly in line with our values. I mean, really a good fit. So that means we fund this podcast ourselves. I'd like you to take a look at our resource page to see if there's any products or services that we recommend that are right for you. If not, no worries, maybe later. If so, please use our affiliate link to purchase. Thank you in advance 
for doing that. You are such an amazing person. Okay, four and last. If you want to know what's happening over here at Presidential Lifestyle and you want us to email you the update, then go to presidentiallifestyle.com slash blog slash now and you'll see the current updated blog for the week but you'll also see a link to subscribe to that blog we can email it to you if you like that's presidentiallifestyle.com slash blog slash now don't worry you don't have to remember that link or any links they're all in the show notes oh and I forgot to say if you're enjoying this podcast go ahead and leave us a review and tell us how much you're enjoying it. And now for the legalese. This podcast is not to replace professional counsel. The best advice is from a professional who knows you and your specific situation. The topics discussed in this podcast are general in nature and for informational or entertainment purposes only. We encourage you to meet with a professional that you can discuss your specific situation with. Whether you choose us or someone else, one-on-one counsel is important, whether it's a financial, therapeutic, legal, or other decision. So that's all for now. I'll see you next episode. And remember, you can have wealth in all of its forms. Believe it, and you'll soon see it.